0: Hello and welcome to Pocket Therapist. I'm your host, Dr. Adam Moore, Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist. I'm going to teach you everything I've learned over the last 13 years as a therapist to help maximize the value you get out of your relationships. So, my wife and I finished our basement last year. Well, actually it's been almost done for about a year. We had some bookshelves put in around the fireplace because I was tired of storing the books in old Huggies diaper boxes. There are quite a few books on the shelves, which is kind of funny because I don't really read books very often. I know, I know, that's super weird coming from a guy with a Ph.D. who also happens to be writing a book. But I'm more of an article than a book kind of guy. Anyway, one of those books is called Fighting for Your Marriage. I've actually read quite a bit of it because it's a really easy read and it's based in research on what actually works in marriage. When I was a really new therapist and I was doing marriage counseling, I used to grab the book right before a session and I'd read up on a topic and then talk about it in the session with the couple. It was a great reference guide for me when I was still in school and learning the ropes of being a therapist. The one principle about marital conflict that really stood out most to me is this. Men and women tend to see conflict really differently. Men tend to see conflict as a sign that something has gone horribly wrong in the relationship. So they avoid conflict like it's an actual phone call they have to make. You know what I'm talking about. People hardly talk on the phone anymore. They only want to text. It reminds me of when Gary Gullman said, My phone is this seldom used app on my phone. Women, on the other hand, tend to see conflict as a sign of a healthy, growing relationship. So they embrace conflict like it's a long overdue reunion with their best friend from high school. And that, ladies and gentlemen, sounds like the basis for a lot of hilarious TV sitcom episodes, but it's real life. Let me be clear about the women. I don't actually mean to say that women love having marital conflict. What they love is the idea that the relationship is always growing. So they tend to focus on what needs to be improved, fixed, or adjusted. It's like they're tuning a race car to get the most out of it that they can. But men are like, well, I mean, there's nothing horribly wrong. Like, it's not currently on fire, so maybe just try not to touch it too much and it should keep running fine. The problem lies in how we interpret the other person's approach to conflict. I see this all the time in therapy. A couple comes in and the wife says, My husband avoids talking to me about anything important. If I want to bring up something that's bothering me, he tells me that I always complain and asks me why I can't just be grateful for how good things are right now. He says, I create problems out of nothing. I want to have an amazing relationship, and my husband seems to not care at all about improving things. He just wants to sit there and avoid any type of important conversation about anything that really matters. And then the husband says, you know, as soon as we finally have things stabilized in life, my wife has to come up with something else that's wrong. Nothing I ever do is good enough. No matter how hard I try, there's always something else wrong. All I want to do is appreciate the good we have going right now and not always be focused on the negatives. And you know what? We could find some value in what both of them are saying. There absolutely is value in being grateful for what we have now. If we only focus on what isn't right about our relationships, we could be forever disappointed. And there is absolutely value in staying focused on personal and relational growth. Because why would we want to settle for a mediocre marriage when we could have an extraordinary marriage? So, the husband interprets the wife's desire for growth as being ungrateful and negative, and the wife interprets the husband's desire for peace, harmony, and gratitude as being lazy and uncommitted. So, this is where the question from one of our awesome listeners comes in. She says, I have something really important I'd like my husband to do that I think would really improve our relationship but he doesn't want to do it. He thinks it's going to make things a million times worse. So how do I know when I should push for what's important to me in the marriage and when I should back off and just let things be what they are? You guys, this is quite possibly the most frequently asked question about marriage of all time. Now, I'm not much of a country music fan, but Kenny Rogers' metaphor fits pretty good here. Every gambler knows that the secret to surviving is knowing what to throw away and knowing what to keep. Well, another podcaster or therapist would probably spend time telling you how to make the decision, what to take into account when trying to decide whether to make it a big deal or back off. Well, guess what? We can do better than that because I'm about to show you how to do both at the same time. I believe that if it's important to you, you shouldn't just settle or bury the desire somewhere. I promise it will keep coming back up. John Gottman's research says that two out of three couple conflict issues really never go away. Those are all the important ones where it's really about the fact that the two of you have different ways of doing life and you're trying to make a life together. If it's a big deal to you, it will probably always be a big deal to you. If you keep in mind the fact that some conflicts don't ever fully resolve no matter how long you've been married, That allows you to be more at peace with not finding an immediate solution that puts the matter to rest. You can relax knowing that you'll be addressing similar issues until the end of your life and you can continue to push for what you care about because the best results in life generally are had when two or more distinct people have input on the same project or goal. Like when your favorite band splits up And then each musician goes on to create mediocre solo albums. It was the tension and conflict among band members that helped create all that amazing music when they were together. But remember, a direct frontal assault on the psyche of another human being is almost always bound to cause defensiveness. And what we want to do with a situation like this is ease the person into a new idea or a change or something different so that they naturally come to decide that they want to do it rather than you trying hard to convince them to change their minds. So I'll briefly introduce to you an idea that they talk about in hypnosis called the yes set. Or in other words, a set of statements that a person would agree with or say yes to. In this case, it could be, you and I both agree that having the best possible marriage is really our mutual goal. So that could be statement one. The more disagreements we have, the harder it will be to maintain peace or progress. That could be statement two. And statement three could be, if we were to work through this issue so that we both felt fully resolved, we could finally move on and not have to keep bringing it up. I think that whoever you are in the relationship, if you were to say these three statements, the other person would absolutely agree with all three. And that's a yes set. And the yes set prepares the other person's mind for you to introduce new information. Perhaps information that they would otherwise not be ready to accept if they weren't in an agreeing mood or mode by having said or at least thought yes three times in a row. Then you might add a fourth statement that could sound like either of the following. The only way we can ever stop having this argument is to introduce new ideas that we've never considered rather than just repeating the same arguments over and over. In this case, you've primed the other person's mind with this idea. If I keep repeating my same arguments about this topic, I'm actually begging to drag this conflict on forever. So you've essentially just poisoned the old pattern of arguing about the same things. A new dialogue would be almost inevitable. Here's another fourth statement option. Since we both want the same things, relationship peace and relationship progress, I imagine it will not be long before one of us comes up with a brilliant solution to this dilemma that allows us to have both. I really like this one because you've just attached the word brilliant to whichever person comes up with the best solution first. If your partner wants to be brilliant, they would be more motivated now to try to come up with a unique solution to the old problem. This statement also injects into their mind the idea that the best solution allows for both peace and progress. Whereas, I can pretty much guarantee that each person's argument up until that point has been entirely focused on only one of the outcomes. So, whatever fourth statement you choose needs to be true or feel true to the other person, but create motivation to engage differently than before. Now, these types of statements can be kind of hard to digest at first, so go back, listen again, write them down, and look at each part of the sentences to see how they work at getting the other person to think and feel differently. Of course, if your partner has other reasons for not wanting to have the conversation, like they're hiding something, well, this won't work as well. It works better when the reason you're stuck is that both of you want a great relationship, but your definitions of great are different. Most importantly here, the way that you say things introduces new information about the meaning of the conflict, and a new motivation to be more creative in solving the problem, so you both win. You know what's awesome? You. I am so grateful for all of you who are listening to the podcast and who are reviewing and making comments on here and sending me questions. I am humbled that you are investing your time and resources into listening to the things I have to share And I'm really excited to continue to answer your questions and share some of my thoughts with you. The greatest compliment that you can pay me is to either leave a review or tell someone about the podcast. Share it with people you know and invite them to come check it out. I would love that. Until next time, have an awesome day.